Hello and welcome to the Sanctified Savage Podcast. My name is Al Westerman and I'll be your host. Today is a really special episode for a couple reasons. Number one, it's the first episode, so that's something to celebrate. And secondly, we get to have Dr. Gary Schliffer on. Dr. Gary Schliffer works in California. He has a practice called Evolve Healthcare, where he deals with clients every day. Today, Dr. Gary and I talk about acute stress and how acute stress can be so incredibly powerful in combating chronic stress. I hope you enjoy it. Please let other people know if you do. Get the word out there. Thank you. Good morning, Dr. Gary. Good to see you. Good morning, Al. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, awesome. Um, so thank you so much for, for joining us as today we're, we're talking about how to use acute stress to fight uh, chronic stress in terms of mental health. So I, I just to introduce some of our viewers to you, I, I guess the best way I could introduce them is I have been waiting my whole life as someone who grew up overweight and unhealthy. I've been waiting my whole life for there to be just a reasonable view for there to be someone who just took it, all the evidence, they looked at all the diets, they looked at history, they looked at the future, they looked at every single angle, and they just tried to have a well-reasoned, well-balanced approach. And I finally found it, it was the Sapien framework. <laughs> and so um, Dr. Gary and his partner, Brian Saunders, started, when did you guys start Sapien? It's been like five years. We oh, Really? We, um... Yeah, it's been like five years and it really took, took, uh, kind of grew wings in the last couple of years, maybe two years. Um, we, um, just a quick story, you know, I was struggling too. I, I finished my training. I finished my residency. I'm an internal medicine specialist and I was still struggling to figure out how to be healthy every day. And the thing that really stuck with me <clears throat> is that unless I was exercising for an hour or two a day, which I love to do, especially during my training, it was a way for me to control my mental health. It was yep. a way it was, an, we'll get into it, but it's, it was an acute stressor. I would put on myself every day, despite whatever happened to, to settle myself down. And <clears throat> there were moments rotations or just months where I couldn't do it. And I'd see myself not holding that that form I had, not feeling as good, not sleeping as good. And it always bothered me because I'm like, there's no way a human being is has to train that hard. And I was yeah. training hard to maintain, to maintain a high quality of self, uh, of, of well-being. And, um, you know, I, I actually went on a snowboarding trip, another one of my ways to maintain my mental health with one of my best friends, Yaniv and Brian Sanders, who ended up being partners. And we started talking about this stuff and Brian brought up his exploration into the low carb and animal-based diet space. And I challenged him because I was taught the exact opposite of that. Yeah. And me and Yaniv were really working together as, as best friends to try to figure out, like, we want to be really healthy. We want to go into our thirties rocking and rolling. Like we, we yep. did not want to have this like slow decline that so many of our friends were already starting to have. And that's really what, what how it started. Uh, Brian kind of challenged me. He's a really smart engineer. Um, and we've always had that kind of rapport where we can challenge each other and not get mad, but actually open each other's mind, which is what really people need to be willing to do is, is have a communication with someone who might not agree with them and not get so upset and just like, think about it. Um, and, uh, and that's where Sapien was born. And, and we started talking about ancestral medicine or, or thinking about health 
through our ancestry. And we started talking about my ancestry as a Russian immigrant and Yaniv's history as a, as a, a Israeli guy um, from Israel <laughs> and, and Brian's history, um, you know, coming from Hawaii. And we just started seeing patterns and it evolved from there. And, and we started talking about nutrition and exercise and stress management. Yeah. Um, we went down the vitamin D rabbit hole and that's a really yeah. important topic. So it all just started growing. And um, with, with the, uh, we started the Sapien podcast because Brian Sanders has this great podcast, Peak Human Podcast, Fantastic. which your, your listeners need to, need to listen to. And I've listened to almost all of them. I'm sure you have. And, and it's so powerful. I have, I'm still listening. I go back and I listen to guys like Ben Bickman and Nina Teicholz to relearn and, and re, re-inspire me. Uh, and so then we started the Sapien podcast for fun because I needed somewhere to talk to someone and we're like, hey, we should record it. And we started getting a lot of love and I started getting a lot of patients in my clinic that were inspired by it. And it snowballed from there. And uh, man, what a blessing because uh, the work I'm doing at my clinic Evolve Healthcare is, is so powerful and it's so much more meaningful than, than the, just the Western medicine practice that I had before. And, and certainly more uh, meaningful than the hospital medicine I was practicing at when, I, when that was all happening, which was really, you know, not good it, to, to say the least. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, Sapien grew from there. And um, now I, I'm so lucky to be able to, you know, join shows like yours and, and, and try to get my voice out because with COVID, um, you know, we're seeing such a, so many problems, not just related to the infection, but to mental health. Oh, massive people really struggling people that had their, you know, exercise habits and the gyms closed or people that were really figuring out how to eat or something really bad. They lost a loved one and, yep. and that's going down a, a bad pathway. So to me, it's such an important time to be able to have a voice. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I think so many doctors that practice for uh, co- groups or big corporations, they don't feel comfortable saying what they really think. So I don't really think I'm like the only one out there saying this stuff, but I do think a lot of my colleagues are frankly afraid to say what they really think. So I, I feel like it's my mission to, to just be honest. And, and, you know, like you said, I try not to take a side. I try to think for myself and I try to integrate everything I have experienced and learned uh, with what's happening now. And I think that's the most important part is we've never seen what's happening now. This is all new. This is, you know, it was already weird before COVID and now life is extra weird. And I think acknowledging that is step one and then figuring out how to live your best life. Right. Cause like it's, it's our natural state, right? When something happens, when some, when our normal gets disrupted, apathy is our, our natural fallback. Right. I mean, when we're in Ontario and we just had another lockdown and I just felt defeated, you know, I, and I did, and I griped and all that. And afterwards, I made a really hard decision. I was going to do 100 pull-ups. I didn't want to do those pull-ups, but I did them anyway. And it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, your voice is a really great voice in this time because you keep preaching connection, and I really appreciate that. Um, so this is the way I would kind of describe the Sapien framework. And I'm not even talking about the you guys have your four pillars which i love check out episode 11 of the sapien podcast that's probably the best one to check out eh 11 absolutely that's if i if a patient comes to see me 
and they're interested in what I have to talk about. I'm like, did you watch that episode? Because I used to sit there for 30, 40 minutes, try to explain this to someone. And I think it's very, it, yep. it just wore on me. So when we launched the second season of the podcast, that was the concept. Like, hey, yeah. we have a nice studio. We have that. Let's give everyone that 45 minute breakdown of what we're talking about. Simple yeah. terms. We won't dive deep on this one. We'll just give everyone like a, a, a framework. Yeah, that's perfect. It, it, and, and this is how I would describe it is, you know, when you go to the dentist and your teeth just feel incredible. That's okay. like how my body feels all the time. Like. I, I can just tell, like you rub your tongue over your teeth and it's just like, oh my goodness, it's shiny. It's fantastic. You're seeing if you feel like that right now. Eh? And, uh, and when you don't feel like that, you notice something's off. I mean, if you typically ask someone how they feel, they will say fine. Right. Or they feel fine. Yeah. And my, my, my feeling on a, on a sapien style diet is, or a diet within the sapien framework is that I feel amazing and fantastic and if it was for no other reason i would do it just for the hunger like there is no hunger i used to be ruled by my hunger having to eat every two hours and and now i can eat two or three times a day and it's absolutely no problem fantastic and just really quick i'll mention that you guys did a um a podcast also on on covid and how to deal with that and I think it was the most reasonable response to COVID I've ever heard. You hear people saying it's not a virus. You hear people saying it's the most deadly thing in the world. And then you have this incredibly reasonable thing, talking about immune system, talking about maintaining connections. And it was, it was just extremely well done. It was, so kudos to you. But let's, let's get into, into the material today. So I heard a couple of weeks ago, I heard you talking about using chronic stress, sorry, acute stress to fight chronic stress. And I love this concept. And I was just wondering if you could explain this to us, please. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is something that is becoming the pillar of, of, of at least my education and my patients. Uh, and I think it's a concept that will resonate with many people. So so what makes us sick? Chronic stress makes us sick. And, and I use that term very generally, um, you know, the stress of COVID, the insecurities and the and the weirdnesses of life now, uh, pressure to make money and work, um, uh, eating a really unhealthy diet and and feeling like um, beat down by it, um, social pressures, family issues, all of these things are chronic stresses that kind of break us down and we feel squashed by them. And like you said, one more thing happens and you go into this world of apathy where you're like, I can't anymore. It's too much. And, and that's the world we live in. And I think so much of that is driven by the fact that our, our, the world we have created does not match our biology. Uh, You know, like our, our, what our bodies need, what, what we thrive on is not the world that's around us as powerful as these computer screens are spending too much time in them to spend too much time in your phone. It ends up being a chronic stress, especially all that information, the ads, the, the articles, all this stuff. It's just, that's what it is. Right. Mm. So, so the common idea of how you manage that stress is rest. Hey, go on a vacation. Hey, take a weekend off. Hey, go lie on your couch and rest. And for sure, there's a role for rest. I mean, of course, you know, you exercise really hard. You need to let your body rest. If you've been, you know, at it all day, you know, writing something or working, yeah, you should probably rest your mind and do something else. But that rest is short-lived. 
And we've all been on a vacation where, you know, you come back and you get one nasty email or you go back to work and it's an unpleasant day and you're right back to where you started. And that's because rest is good for kind of healing and recovering, but it doesn't do much to build your ability to manage this chronic stress. Um, one way to think about it is you need to be a resilient person. You need to be able to take these chronic stresses. You need to be able to take bad news. You need to be able to process all this stuff and not let it break you down. So how do you build that resiliency? And I, I, pre I present this idea of acute stressors to build your resiliency. Um, and what, what are these acute stressors? So so I, I like to think about the ones that are free that you can do every day at home. You can start today. After you listen to this podcast, you can start thinking about these ideas as acute stressors that you can leverage. I also think about them as little toggles, right? You can pull this toggle and then you can pull this toggle on one day. You can pull that one and then this one in another day. And you don't have to just do the same thing every day, but you can have these different tools. That's good. So, so what are the tools? So I, I think about five. These are the, there's more, but these are the five that I like to present to people all the time. So <clears throat> fasting. So when we talk about the sapien diet and framework, we have a low carbohydrate, whole foods based diet. That's an animal based diet. But one of the key components is intermittent fasting. Fasting is has all these amazing benefits. And please listen to some of my other podcasts if you have questions about it, because we talk about it in so much detail. But I think people have woken up to the idea that intermittent fasting is a meaningful strategy. And I consider it one of the most powerful strategies I've ever learned and, and teach others. So, but what it does is it creates a stress on your body. You no longer are in this fed state. Your body has to tap into your liver to make sugar and, and it has to change its metabolic processes to start using ketones as energy. Um, and that creates some stress on your body, but your body wants that stress. It feels good. Your brain clears up. The brain fog goes away as you start using ketones instead of sugar in your brain. And all of these changes happen that make you feel stronger. And maybe that doesn't happen on day one, the first time you're fasting, but definitely not. Oh no. But, and that's something you could learn about in some of the other podcasts, but after some time, depending on who you are and what your history is, you really, it changes you and it makes you stronger and you realize, oh my gosh, some days I'm just not going to eat. I'm going to do a 24 hour fast because it feels great, but it also feels a little bit like you're putting a challenge on yourself. So that's an acute stress that's nutritional. When we talk about exercise, can, I, can, we, can I make a question first? Um, would it also help with blood sugar regulation? Because I would assume fluctuations in blood sugar would also be uh, something that would make mental health struggles more prevalent, right? Absolutely. It, and, and not just blood sugar. I think that's a great concept that is very important for everyone to think about that you don't want your blood sugar spiking all the time and going on this roller coaster of I had breakfast full of sugar and then lunch full of sugar and then a snack and I'm on a roller coaster, but more so that when you're eating that way or when you're when your sugars are rolling like that, you're actually have hormonal changes. And it's these hormonal changes that are not good for you. It's the insulin changes, it's these changes in other hormones that trigger your hunger in a bizarre way, like you shouldn't be that hungry if you ate a thousand calories two hours ago. If it's just not just impossible that that's how our bodies are built, that I'm going to eat there, man. and then be hungry. So it's because our food is addictive. You know, it's been formulated and the way we combine fats and sugars, it makes us addicted and it's not healthy. It's, it's very scary how oblivious so many people are to 
how this food is affecting them and they just keep eating and it's really it's it's, extremely it's powerful absolutely so and that's what you were talking about is how you're not hungry when you follow this kind of eating strategy because you shouldn't be hungry all the time because right. we're not built to be hungry all the time we get hungry we feast and then we fast and that's a simple way to think about it some days you're not feeling so hot and you need to eat a little more so you don't fast but many many days of the week for me it's 95 percent of the days in the month I'm fasting at least 16 hours. Yeah. And I started getting to the point where I don't even call the 16 hour a fast. That's just like baseline. I like, you know? I like compressed eating window better than intermittent fasting for a term, but yeah, totally with you. So, so what's the, that. what's the second one? All right. Second one is, is exercise. So, but when we think about exercise, I try to explain it as high intensity interval training. Uh, when you look at evidence-based medicine and evidence in the world of sports medicine, it's really high intensity interval training that's been shown to grow muscle, make you stronger, cut visceral fat and abdominal fat, improve your cardiovascular system. So, I mean, that's this, this really important idea that no, it's not enough to get on the treadmill and go at a very moderate pace for 30 minutes and then catch half a sweat. Like that's okay. It's, it's better than nothing, but you could be more intelligent about it. And understand that if you do short bursts of significant exertion, so this is something more along the lines of sprinting or, uh, or um, weight training. Um, I like dynamic kinds of weight training, including kettlebells and kind of these uh, more complex movements where you're doing like a shoulder press and a squat. So you're using your whole body. Um, but the idea being that you exert yourself really hard, 70, 80, 90% of your maximum for 30 seconds a minute, and then you rest and you do these sets to create these stressors, which causes your body to grow. It causes your hormones to react in such a way that makes you stronger and more resilient. And importantly, since we're talking a lot about mental health today, it makes, if you can push your way through not feeling good like not feeling comfortable, I should say, and like push that exercise to where you're sweating and breathing hard, the rest of life becomes easier. Yeah. It just does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And it, yeah, it's such a much better ROI. The return on investment for high intensity, you can work out for 10, 15 minutes. And it's like, if you do, let's say a couple sprint intervals, that's far better than doing uh, for 10 minutes. That's far better than doing an hour of jogging way better yeah and, and all the you know as as i'm learning more about it myself it's just overwhelmed with evidence base now when i talk uh on my podcast and i don't always try to quote the studies and stuff because i think that there's a lot of people doing that and i'm trying to communicate things on a more general term so for one there's an overwhelming amount of evidence to suggest that these kind of exercise habits are much more powerful but on, a, on the flip side, if you think about our hunter-gatherer ancestors or just history, we are built to exert ourselves and then rest, exert ourselves and then rest. And I think that's an important concept is that's how our body wants to respond. And, and this idea that we could run for long periods of time is also important, but that's not necessarily exercise. That's just what we're built to do. We are so built to move and use our bodies that you can just go on a jog for hours and hours. And if you're well-trained, it's not even really like exercise. It's just what your body wants to do. You just feel great. So I think it's important to think about all those things because, you know, we're built to move. We're yeah. built to be active and, and we're definitely not built to sit in front of the computer for eight hours a day. Like so many people. Come on. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, what's the third one, sir? 
So the third and fourth one, I kind of think of together. Um, it's heat therapy and cold therapy. Oh yeah. So cold therapy, I think has recently been made famous by Wim Hof, uh, yeah. who if you haven't heard of Wim Hof, please look up this guy. He's such an inspiration. And, and he actually, okay. So I'm going to package the next three as one. So you've got the movement one, you've got the nutrition one, and then you've got these kind of ways you can play with your body and it's cold therapy, heat therapy, and deep breathing. And people are like, deep breathing is an acute stress. Yes. When you actually go through a series of deep breathing um, uh, sets, whether it be a Wim Hof style breathing or some of, there's a variety of other strategies, you challenge your body. It is intense. If you've never done it, please go try it. Just look up Wim Hof deep breathing strategies. Very, very simple. And just do it. And you're like, in one minute, you can change how your brain's biochemistry is working. It's so powerful. And it, mm-hmm. it releases hormones that make you just feel That's, amazing. It really does, right? So, so Wim Hof, and, and I love bringing him up because he actually takes two acute stressors and and leverages them to be super healthy and that's cold immersion therapy and deep breathing he uses deep breathing as a way to control your autonomic nervous system and make it so you could tolerate the cold and then the cold therapy itself jumping into a cold bath just something as simple as a cold shower some people even just take a cold icy rag and put it on the nape of their neck because that's uh i want to talk about that because so for me to say, so I, I've been in this world for a bit. I had a cold shower two hours ago. I felt amazing. It's, it's fantastic. I did, uh, we're April here in Canada. The water's cold. It's like 45 degrees or something like that. Yeah. I went swimming yesterday. Fantastic. And I feel amazing afterwards. Um, but for a lot of people, that's, that's a hard place to get to, right? So I heard Ben Greenfield a couple of years talking about alternating in the, like say in the shower um, is that a good strategy? Do you have, how do you get people started on? You know, I, I always, when I introduce these five concepts, I always say, if you're not fasting and if you're not doing hit, you're, 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 that, that should be your low hanging fruit. Um, I think with the other three, it's more challenging heat therapy, which is uh, most commonly thought about as like going into a sauna, um, is much more pleasant. Yeah. And, and I always explain to people, it's just more, it's easier. And I always explain, usually if you've never done it before, first five or 10 minutes, you're warming up the next five or 10 minutes, you feel great. And around 15 or 20 minutes, you're like, I need to get out of, I'm hot. Yeah. And that's where the money's made. Like yeah. that's where you need to stick in there for, you don't need to go crazy. It's like not 10 more minutes, but just push yourself. Maybe it's two or three minutes past your comfort zone. Maybe the next time it's five minutes past your comfort zone. But the idea is that it's past your comfort zone. That's the acute stress. And again, your body then releases something called heat shock proteins. Uh, It changes how some of your fat molecules start changing and start metabolizing energy. And it, it changes your metabolism. And so I always kind of say fasting, hit if you can get your hands on a sauna or get into a sauna get it start with the heat therapy deep breathing and then cold because cold tends to be the most challenging it's hard to convince someone to do it 
Um, but if you, that's something that inspires you and you really want to try just, it's as simple as turn on a cold shower. Now, if for day one, jumping into a cold shower is not a good idea. So there's two ways you could kind of get started with it. You can do your hot shower, get yourself worked up and then end your shower with the cold and real, but really cold, like not lukewarm. You're turning it all the way cold. Um, another way to do it though, is to do a series of deep breathing, um, protocols right before you go in the cold and really you should be doing that anyway doing the deep breathing will let you tolerate the cold and it'll make sure you don't pass out and and all these things you got to be thoughtful and careful i i cannot do any of them justice in a 20 or 30 minute long podcast you really have to like look into it and understand and connect with a practitioner that can guide you there's a million books wim hof has an app there's, this is a whole world. And I just encourage people to, if you're listening to this, let this be a portal into a world of health and realizing that, you know, there's a million things you can do to make yourself healthier that are essentially free. And, and you can start today and you don't need to do it for an hour or two hours or four hours and obsessively, you can just start chipping away. And even if you do a cold shower once a week and you do a 16 hour fast a few times a week, you're in a better place than you were the week before. And, and I think that's really important because everyone feels like, ah, if I start working out, I need to go to a gym and I need to do it three days a week and I need to pay a trainer and blah, blah, blah. Like everything doesn't need to be so, so much. You just need to start chipping away at it. So if today you can cut your processed food out and start a 16, eight method where you eat for eight hours a day and just get hydrated for the other 16, you will be healthier in two months or even a month than you were. It's that, that, that's a good point because some of our, some of the people listening are struggling fairly significantly with mental health right now. Right. Yeah. And if it doesn't work in a day, it doesn't mean it doesn't work. The stuff takes time. Physiology takes a long time to change. How long did it take you to get in this state? Well, how long is it going to take to get out? You know, it's, it's not, it's not a snap bang done, right? But these things are, are building your resilience. Cold showers, when you're in that, Tom Billy talks about this and I love it. He's like, why do I take cold showers? Because they suck. Yes. And, and it starts the fight flight thing, right? And then instead of saying, I'm going to die, I got to run out of here. You say, I'm going to be okay. And then yeah. this, this message of I'm going to be okay. I can endure this makes you more resilient. Right. Uh, the same thing with the breathing. When you're, you're you have the flight flight stimulated. Right. That's what um, that's that's what stress is all about. The f- the fight flight is stimulated in your brain. And when you breathe, you're like, okay, there's no saber tooth tiger trying to attack me. I'm gonna be okay. I'm so okay that I can just relax as deeply as I can, and I can do these breaths. And and it's so, yeah, it's building your resilience. Right. And I think that is absolutely brilliant. I love it. And I want to add to it this idea that a lot of folks that are struggling with depression are really struggling with anxiety. These two things come together and anxiety oftentimes is this fight or flight response that's sort of uh, poorly managed because it's been associated with scary things, traumas, uh, fear. And so when you induce the fight or flight response, essentially using these acute stressors, but you have control of it. Yes, right? come on. You're doing it. You're you're taking control of your body. Really, you're taking control of your nervous system. And you start correlating these episodes or fight or flight with control and yes. power, and strength. 
and you start being the driver of your nervous system instead of being like this passive, having these experience passively put on you and, and you get worried and anxious or, or whatever happens that, that triggers your anxiety. Instead, you take control of that yep. and you learn how to manipulate it. And you realize, oh my gosh, if I just deep breathe for five minutes, I can change how I not just feel, but how my nervous system is responding. Yep. It's well, it's myelinization, right? It's myelinization. You're creating new pathways, neural pathways. And instead of one of losing control, you're creating new pathways where you take control. That's powerful, man. That's like, that's the gist of it right there, right? Is you're rewiring your brain when you do these acute stressors. That is really good. Thank you, Dr. Gary. You have to go um, right now. <laughs> so I okay. want to honor your time uh, and just thank you for it. Uh, you can check him out, Dr. Gary Evolve uh, from Evolve Healthcare. And uh, yeah, Dr. Gary, thank you so much. You've been you've been a blessing to us. And I just want to say, God bless you, sir. Enjoy the rest of your day. Well, thank you so much. And for everyone listening, if you ever need anything, I'm online. Reach out to me and, and hopefully I'll come back here and we'll talk some more with Al.